0: Brent has something that he'd like to say. <sighs> okay. Regarding my critically acclaimed novel, I am very sorry if you were offended. Okay? Not an apology? Yes, it was. Okay, fine. I'm sorry if what I wrote, which was perfectly okay, somehow made you feel like it wasn't okay. But you know what? That's on you. Brent. Wrong direction, bud.
1: No, sorry, man. Either apologize for real or stop wasting our time.
0: Okay, you know what? I'm actually not sorry at all. How about that? Is that what you want to hear?
1: Very obviously not. You know what? Why don't we take a break? Let's all get a snack.
0: Not until they give me the complos I rightly deserve.
1: You want a complo? I'll give you a complo. I didn't think it was possible to write a book as awful as yours. I literally didn't think human beings were capable of such racist, sexist poppycock also chip driver is either a private eye or
0: the quarterback for the chicago bears or the world's strongest president he cannot
1: be all three so zach you seem like the type of person that likes to make things about you that aren't necessarily (laughs) supposed to be would that be true or is that is that oh yeah completely true well you know i i wonder if this shows a pattern in me because i didn't like do a lot for my birthday very often growing up and i you wasn't still like don't a really do you yeah no it's not really my jam but but I i did have one time a birthday party where i was allowed to invite a friend over mm-hmm. and this was a friend that like i don't know i feel like our moms were friends when they were in school and so we just kind of ended up like knowing each other type of thing totally but like We didn't go to the same school. Like, we weren't exactly in the same grade. I think he was, like, a year older than me. He was 25, I was (laughs) 9. Yeah, you know, it was normal stuff. But I have a vivid memory of him singing a patriotic song (laughs) at my birthday. And it wasn't, like, oh, like... It was like my birthday is at the end of June. So sure, July 4th is like right around it's the coming corner. Up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. End of June. Let me write but that down. But I think he's saying like I'm proud to be an American. And I remember okay. my family like sitting around and this kid like singing. And I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, nice. My friend is singing. I like this. But like now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm surprised or I'm sure that my African-American family was ripping this poor kid to shreds the second that his mom came to pick him up. No, talking about me being this type
0: of guy. And thank you for opening by relating it to me because you knew I would not be listening. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I think that if you had told that story, we weren't friends when we were that young. I Mm -hmm. I made sure of it. I did not like Steven when we were young. He made it uh, I feel like if you told that story but replaced friend with young Zach, it would make perfect mm-hmm.
1: sense. Yes.
0: Me making your birthday party about me as I sing a song <laughs> to your black family, ripping the <laughs> shit out of this stupid white kid. <laughs> That reminded me of a couple things. Uh, the Christmas tradition every year for a while when I was the only kid was Christmas morning. I would sit in this little baby rocking chair every year until I was getting <laughs> too old for the rocking chair for sure. And I would read the Christmas story out of the Bible. Nice. Every Christmas morning. And the only reason I loved it was because everybody listened to me talk for 25 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. I would, really it did. I think like, it was a, a, a bold podcaster. version to to attempt to read it in Aramaic, but I, I do respect it.
0: <laughs> well, after a while, as an actor, you know it gets a little tiresome <laughs> to do the same thing. So I picked yeah. up the Quran. Yeah, they weren't a fan of that. <laughs> no, the other thing it reminded me of was the couple of birthday parties I had. Uh, us whites love having birthday parties, mm-hmm. and white parents love having a party for their kids. That is probably more a statement about them more than sure. it has anything to do with the kid. Yeah, a lot of two Pittsburgh birthday Pirates parties that come to mind. <laughs> Hi, everybody! Welcome to Into the Time Knife. The two birthday parties that come to mind is one the year that my birthday party was at McDonald's at the play place and Anderson. Oh, that sounds tight. And my only request was that everyone's present for me be books.
1: <laughs> were you pissed when somebody brought you like a toy? You were like, I don't fucking want like to a play. really
0: expensive, like the coolest toy of yeah. the year. I'm like, what the fuck? Give me some Dickens or get the fuck out, Spencer. <laughs> Hemingway didn't play with My Little Pony. No, everyone brought me books. It was cool. I got a lot of books. Nice. Did you read them? Did I read the books? Of course they did. I think I, I remember getting some Magic Treehouse and being really excited about that.
1: Oh, Magic Treehouse was lit. So, 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 just tying it into the the episode. Mm-hmm. So Janet's thing about people not reading the books they get isn't a hundred percent true. <laughs> That's true. If you're me, and I don't think I I speak for the world at large, though, Mm -hmm.
0: at all. The other birthday party was the year that I was really into the live-action Kenan Thompson Fat Albert movie, like, (laughs) so into it. When that movie came out on DVD, (laughs) I would go around and brag to people that I could perform the first 10
1: minutes of it. And then you would proceed to perform the first 10 minutes of it, whether they... (laughs) Yes. Responded or and not.
0: Looking back, the first 10 minutes of it, it's like not Fat Albert cartoon. It's like the human girl character at in like high school. So it's probably lines like, yo, Moesha. And so imagine like <laughs> six-year-old or however old I was, Zach Pruitt, in a full black scent <laughs> performing the first 10 minutes of Kenan Thompson's Fat Albert movie. Uh, So one of my birthday parties was that I made everyone go see it in the theater and we were the only people in the theater because the movie had been out for a long time at that point. And I, and so my friends, we all used the movie theaters like a playground. Basically there's like a platform and people were like climbing up on the platform and jumping off of it and shit. They were really young. And I remember being so pissed because I wanted (laughs) them to watch the movie. Like guys, guys, you're going to miss the part. You're about to come through the TV for a reason.
1: Come, Hi no, everybody. no, look, welcome. It's, a, it's a little tiny screen, but he's gonna come all the way through it. I wish I could go into the TV. <laughs> then I would have
0: friends, they would <laughs> understand. Hi everybody, welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. I'm Zach, and I've got legs like Jessica Rabbit from that movie.
1: I'm Steven, and uh I didn't think it's something clever, but I would like to take this moment to thank Cheedy. For throwing a real sexy punch. All right, sure. Welcome to the podcast, everyone.
0: I'm Give glad you joined us. Of course, we have to start out the program by shouting out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people, of course, are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, Lil S. Haker, and Autumn Marsh. We love these people very, very much. We're very glad that they support us. And Stephen, I think it's like time that we beg, right? Why don't you beg for the people a little? Um, Will you do my begging for me, please?
1: Put your loving hands out, baby.
0: I'm regretting asking you to do this. That's... Not what I'm I asked for begging. at all. People times are hard out here. We would love a few more patrons over at patreon.com/slash can't disappoint podcast. Keep the show going, starting at five dollars a month. Steven said if we don't get 18 new patrons by the end of the month of February, he's quitting the podcast. He said that. So, so get those
1: rates up so we can we can keep Steven around. Beggin' by Maniskin. Man we do all
0: kinds of stuff over at Patreon, like The Basement, our, in- I almost said the basement, our Into the Time Knife rewatch podcast. The <laughs> yes, Basement, our That 70s ourselves. show rewatch podcast, where we're rewatching all of That 70s show and having a real fun, loose, basementy uh, stoner circle time talking about that show over there, along with our live pre-show that we do before we record this podcast, and this podcast a week early, every week patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast steven how was
1: your week we feel good Ooh, we feel so good ah my week was good zach <laughs> i got a haircut is that chance the rapper no that was uh the I thing that it they the used to make that us yell like something he would do at the end of a sentence in the oh. school assemblies the like it sounds like a chance Pep- the rapper song thing. to me <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, chance the rapper famously led our our school assemblies um he he wasn't in blackface, but he Famously. was dressed as a Native American chief. Yes. That's a deep cut. It makes sense if you are us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good, you know, uh, getting ready to go to San Antonio for a competition in a couple days. So, you know, prepping for that. I'm wearing a do-rag now. The, Utu- mm-hmm. the YouTube viewers can can see that. Watch some things, got. Zach. Sure. Uh, well, while the... you're in
0: texas yeah i
1: want you to eat some good barbecue for me okay i will i'll, I'll give you the review
0: I'll i want you know to get i want you to get something specific actually i want you okay. to get some like good like the thick sliced brisket okay you know what i'm thick talking sliced.
1: about sure <laughs> brisket if slice you it don't thick. come <laughs> back
0: next week <laughs> with a full review and description of some thick make sure they've Slice it thick. I'm going
1: to be in San Antonio, though, which is pretty uh-huh. south Texas. That's so like Mexican we'll food. Okay. Yeah. okay. So That's tell them to
0: bring you the thickest slice of brisket but that they somebody,
1: have. Somebody, a student who's from San Antonio, did tell me that uh, just a little bit north of San Antonio, there's a place called Salt Lick that had really good barbecue. So I'm going to try that nice. out. Yeah,
0: If you don't send me a picture of a huge silver tray with three slices of brisket, Mm -hmm. a small taste of pulled pork or something, the saddest looking mac and cheese, three Mm -hmm. carrots, and Mm -hmm. like probably, I don't know, maybe some...
1: A wilted celery stick?
0: Yeah, in a hard, soft roll... Mm-hmm. and tell me that it that. cost
1: $85. I'll be so <laughs> disappointed. And I waited six hours in line for it. Have you ever been to Texas for anything before? No, it's my first time in my Texas. S- I watched uh, Rick and Morty, Zach. I watched the new season. Okay. Do you good like f- it?
0: Uh, where do you stand now on the controversy? Do you think it's cool that they ousted Justin Roiland, and do you think it's fine without him?
1: Yeah, it's probably probably good that they, they ousted him if he's a bad guy, but didn't wasn't yeah. he... I don't know how that all played out. I don't think he is. I in, think he was in trouble. I think the trial was thrown out. Yeah, but I think so too. I don't too.
0: think anyone that works for that show felt like great. We got to get this guy back now. I think yeah. they were like, I'll say
1: like the voices ya. at least were close enough that I didn't notice okay. any difference. I kind of forgot that he wasn't there anymore until I remembered. So uh, the voices were good. There were some really standout episodes. The finale was really really good. Eh, fun. <laughs> Very little Jerry, though. There's like one really Jerry episode, and then the rest of the season, not a lot of Jerry. Not a lot of Beth, either, which is fine, because the last season was like all Beth. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah, (laughs) all Beth all the time. Oscars Watch
0: continues. Mm -hmm. I've almost seen 50% of the full-length films nominated for the Oscars. I've gotten until March 10th to watch the rest and the short films. I I won't go through it all, but I watched two of the Best Picture nominees recently, being American Fiction and Anatomy of a Fall. Both I thought were good to really good. American Mm -hmm. Fiction I wanted to love. It has moments that are really funny. And it also surprised... You know what it's about, right? Have you yeah. seen the trailer for American Fiction? Mm-hmm. I expected it to just be a full-out farce. And yeah. what surprised me is that there's a big like family drama at the core of it. Really? It almost has nothing to do with the book plot. Mm-hmm. And I was refreshed by that because I went in thinking of what type of movie it was going to be, and it yeah. gave me something different. But I also kind of wish it was a little funnier and there are moments that i wish would have gone in even harder than what it does mm-hmm. uh, but it is good and it's written by a good place writer cord jefferson wrote Hello. american fiction and i don't think it's impossible for him to walk away with a screenplay oscar that night so how cool would that be that'd if be while really we're cool. talking about the good place one of the final season writers wins an oscar that'd be neat that would be pretty freaking awesome and then i watched anatomy of a fall Another film up for a bunch, including Best Picture. And I thought it was so, so good. The only reason it's not five stars in my book is because I feel like I need to watch it again. Because the ending didn't leave me with like a pit in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted it to. But the first two thirds, even three fourths, are some of the best filmmaking I've seen in years. Wow. And some of the best acting I've ever seen in a movie. It's so real and it's so good. And then the last part of it, there's nothing wrong with it. I just think I need to think about it for a while yeah. before I'm excited about how it looks. Gotta ends. let but it simmer. If you have, it's a two and a half hour long movie, but we watched it kind of late last night, and it kept me invested the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got some time to set aside for cinema, I think Anatomy of a Fall would be cinema. a good choice. Anything else you want to mention, or do you want to get into the Good Place? Hmm. I'm down to talk about the Good Place.
1: Let's. Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's. Here's a novel idea, Zach. Sure. Let's talk about The Good Place.
0: Let's get into the episode of The Good Place. We're talking before the 30-minute mark of the podcast. Yeah, sure. I guess. We'll give it a try. We'll We'll see. We'll try it. Yeah. I love that, though, because, of course, people clicked on one of our podcasts for the first time because of either Community or The Good Place. But I like Mm -hmm. to think that people that are listening every week, it's become because they like to listen to us talk. Well, at this point, Zach, we might have some beboppers here, too. That's true. Write down in the and comments. Tell us I what brought you here. shouted that out in a while. We're getting very close to the final episode being released mm-hmm. for free of Brokeback Bebop. So go check out Brokeback Bebop. And whether you're a first-time Cowboy Bebop watcher or a super fan, it's a fun podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. And you can listen yeah. to almost all of it for free now. Pretty cool. But it's pretty today, cool. We're here to talk about another episode of The Good Place's final season. We're talking about season four, episode six. This is chapter 45, and it's called A Chip Driver Mystery. This episode was directed by Steve Day. This is his first and only directing credit on The Good Place. Uh, outside of The Good Place, he only has really directed a few things, including two episodes of The Last Man on Earth, which is a show oh, that you I really like. you like. What I found interesting is that Steve Day has been like the second unit director or assistant director on like a hundred things, including really? many Mike Schur projects like Parks and Rec mm. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I believe this was, as this show is ending, Mike Schur throwing bones to a few of the people that have been working with him for a long time. Yeah, He was the second unit director or assistant director on things, including the 1997 film starring Matthew Perry called Fools Rush In. You know, love that movie? movie owned it I on it. vhs he was the ass- assistant director on seven episodes of weeds one episode of brooklyn 99 he was the second unit director of the motherfucking lego movie wow which movie we is, is both hold so near and dear. good you don't have spider-verse without the lego movie yeah and sure. i think that movie still deserves to be held in conversation with that film uh he was the assistant director or unit director on 67 episodes of Parks and Recreation. He was the assistant director of the movie Pop Star with the Lonely Island Boys, which is super underrated and very funny. He was the assistant director on 26 episodes of Last Man on Earth. You shrugged. I think maybe it's worth a revisit with different expectations than the first time you watched it.
1: I didn't have good
0: expectations the first time I watched it. I thought I thought think it, you I thought it still looked still bad. watch it again anyway. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. I didn't like That's, it. Super, under- But you also don't like Walk Hard that much. Like, correct. And I would hold them in similar conversation with each other. And I mm. think you are in the minority of that really? opinion. I think most people like these movies. Interesting. Maybe I'm just a, a cinema snob. That's okay. You're allowed to like and dislike. I just want you to know that you are wrong. You're allowed to like what you want, but you need to know that... You're wrong in this one. Okay. He also was on 26 episodes of Last Man on Earth, three episodes of Veep, and outside of the one episode of The Good Place that he directed, this is a good full circle way to end our discussion of Steve Day, he was an assistant director or unit director on 23 episodes of The Good Place. So he's been working on the show a ton. So he knows the show, yeah. And it kind of goes to show, there is a list of at least a hundred people who don't just write or direct a couple episodes of the show that work on every single episode of the show to give it the look you know what i'm saying like the props people the set people the costume people and we only give attention to the director and the writer so steve day getting to direct this episode makes me think that we should be shouting out all of the people that work on the production of the good place and i will find a list of the complete credits and read it out at the beginning Mm. of each podcast from now on we'll just read the entire and credits
1: what do you think well I feel like when we did community we would very often shout out the props department and the set dressing team but the good place does you know maybe less of the meta inside jokes but it does have a lot of a detail going on in the back everything from the the chalkboards when she's teaching in class to all the different establishments yeah. and businesses and extras in the background of the show there's so much attention to detail that is paid there And it goes to show the vision with this show that even if they didn't have the
0: whole plot planned out, they certainly had the look from the beginning Mm -hmm. and they nailed it at the beginning and they kept it through for the entire series, even in this episode. Great work. This episode was written by Lizzie Pace, who also, this is her only McGuire? No, Lizzie Pace, who only wrote this episode of The Good Place and actually hasn't written
1: a lot. Well, she can't write or read, Zach. So the fact that she wrote episode television is very impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Gordo, famously dyslexic. So what we do over on The
0: Basement, because David Trainer directed every episode of that 70s show, is each week mm-hmm. we focus on one of the shows that he worked on. Mm-hmm. Lizzie Pace wrote one episode of a specific show, and it's one of her only writing credits. So we're going to talk about this show. Mm-hmm. She wrote one episode of a show that only lasted for one season and 13 episodes from 2014 to 2015. This show is called Bad Judge. Do you remember this? Do you hear about this?
1: Maybe in an SNL skit. I don't know. (laughs) It stars Kate Walsh as the titular bad judge. I do remember this show, actually. And
0: I might be wrong. Maybe it's just in the title. But do you remember that they made a TV show of the movie Bad Teacher that also lasted like one season? Yeah. I think this might be in the same universe, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Bad Teacher is the movie where Justin Timberlake dry humps Cameron Diaz, right? Yes. Know it well.
0: Well, Lizzie Pace wrote one episode of Bad Judge. uh, The the tagline for this show, okay. A hard-living, sexually Mm. unapologetic woman plays with the law and Mm. her life on the edge is constantly in balance as she also happens to be a judge in the criminal court system. That's a bad sentence. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a, a hard-living, sexually unapologetic woman plays with the law and her life on the edge is constantly in balance as she also happens to be a judge in the criminal court system. That's a bad sentence. Yes,
1: and <laughs> also there's they're under attack, but not until secret long-lost mom shows up. Lizzie Pace wrote one
0: episode of Bad Judge, the series finale, season Oof. one, episode 13, fittingly titled Case Closed. And the description for this episode was drama with Michelle's ex-husband threatens Rebecca's chances of breaking a courtroom record. This show sounds bad.
1: (laughs) It sounds pretty bad, right? None of those words had anything to do with each other. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And this show, The Good Place.
0: Uh, Chip, Driver, Mystery, originally aired on October 31st on Halloween. Whoa, spooky. This episode aired on Halloween of 2019. So we're going to talk about October 31st, 2019, the number one movie, the number one album from this date in 2019. Get this. We're not going to talk about the number one movie because mm-hmm. it's still Maleficent 2. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the number two movie because it's still Joker. We've talked wow. about that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the number three movie, Abominable, still there, huh? No, which is the animated Adams Family movie that we talked okay, about yeah. a while back. A while ago. So we're going to talk about the number four movie <sighs> at the U.S. box office. Detective this Pikachu, is a horror comedy sequel. Anything else? Um, it focuses on a core cast of four characters played by pretty big movie stars. Oh, this is it too. <laughs> no comedy i would not call it to a comedy on purpose (laughs) if you can't see steven's kind of doing the pennywise dance from the first one you don't Um, have it it's more comedy than horror okay you might have forgotten this movie got a second thing
1: no the the lady ghostbusters
0: 2 you think they got a second one no um Finn Wolfhard, Ghostbusters Two is coming out soon, though. Yeah, we're talking about Zombie Land colon Double Tap.
1: Oh, I saw this. I haven't seen the second one, but I've seen the first one. Did you like the I second, saw second one? I saw it like once. I don't remember a goddamn yeah. thing about it.
0: Yeah, all the people come back. Who is it? Jesse Eisenberg, Woody um, Harrelson, Emma Woody Stone. Harrelson, Abigail Breslin, and Emma Stone. Right. So since the first one, all of these people got even more famous, and then yeah, like, all four of them. Other than maybe Abigail Breslin. Abigail, yeah. And she was they all, but she grew up a lot, and they all come mm-hmm. back to make the second one, which I didn't see. But the first one's great. Yeah. Well, I don't you don't remember, remember a goddamn this... thing about this movie, but you did see Mm-mm. it. Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics think of Zombieland, colon, double tap out of 100? 46.
1: No, it's higher. Okay, that's good. That's good. They we're looking at a crisp 63?
0: No, it's even higher at sixty-eight percent. Oh, I was gonna go sixty-nine. I would have been close. That's pretty solid yeah. for a critic score on a comedy sequel or a horror sequel. Sixty-eight is pretty yeah, good. I'll take that. What about the audience? Do you think they're higher or lower on Zombie Land?
1: Duh. Mm, maybe a little. Maybe a little lower. Uh, let's go. Are they still in the sixties? Maybe sixty-five.
0: You're wrong. It's higher than
1: 68%. Oh, Give it one more guess. No, they're sitting at 88%. Wow, that's great. Maybe I need to watch this again. Yeah. We'll have to do a double
0: feature of Abominable followed by Zombieland, Double Tap. Double Tap. Mm-hmm. I like how now that Abominable movie that we had never heard of or thought about before is now something we've mentioned like on every podcast since we talked yeah. about it. It's We need to watch it. Yeah, I think we should watch Abominable. Letterboxed the the People's mm-hmm. app, the, the Working Day Armchair Critic. Yeah. Over at Letterboxd. What do you think they think of Zombieland Double Tap? I've translated it to out of 100. Going from 68 critics, 88 audience, where does Letterboxd sit? 79. It is lower. Take one more step. 71. No, it's lower than both Rotten Tomatoes score at 60%, wow. which is still not bad. So out not, of 10 fine. fine. Yeah. Okay. The number one album this week is much like last week's Super M Jopping. It's not a K-pop artist, but it is an artist that had a number one album that I have never fucking heard of, <laughs> and I have no idea how to get you to this. So I'm going to start by giving you the hint that this is in a, a sequel album, mm-hmm. and one of the words in this album is an acronym... For the thing that everyone was scared of during the writer's strike.
1: Reality TV? No.
0: Okay. And since that didn't give you anything, I'm going (laughs) to give you a couple of the single names, starting Mm -hmm. with the third release to the first release, which would have been the lead single. The first single name I'm going to give you from this rap album, I think. Okay. It's a sequel album. I'm going to give you a single that's called Make No Sense you can cash in another one if that doesn't give it yeah give me another one i think i think i'm on the right track though we're gonna go with the lead single self-control this is going to be fuck it's the number one album i've been like kind of blown away by some
1: of these can you tell me what what people were scared of during the writer's strike what a i oh okay
0: I can give you one more song name. This is yeah. the second single, and I'm only giving it to you because it's the weirdest title. So if you know it, mm-hmm. this might give it away. Slime Mentality.
1: Okay, this is... You've heard of Young Thug, so it's not Young That's thug, not who this is. No. So that means but it's either gonna... Young is in the artist name. Is it Young Lean? No, this, this artist name is four words. NBA Young Boy? Yes. Young boy never broke again. Yes. Okay. This is uh, I don't know his fucking album titles. I don't listen to him.
0: Well, you know it has AI in the title. Do you want? To, and yeah. it's a sequel
1: album. Do you want to give a guess just based on that information? AI two. Young, yeah. With, young AI. You're Wait. so
0: close. AI two with a word in the middle.
1: AI and, and young is Alan, on the right track because his AI, AI means Allen Iverson. Okay. AI streets. No young. Young. Young is part of the you. It, AI Young Boy 2. Yeah,
0: you got it. 100 points, <laughs> Stephen Baker. We got there. The number 1 album this week was AI
1: Young Boy 2 by YoungBoy Never Broke Again. <laughs> so NBA YoungBoy like regularly regularly breaks YouTube records for like views like first day views on music really? videos because young is boy music never good? broke again fans can't afford a streaming service so they flock straight to youtube to yeah. listen to his music and which is like why halfway he halfway through the so song there's YouTube
0: an ad and then three quarters <laughs> through the song there's another ad
1: yeah uh, there's a lot of jokes mm. online about like people that listen to nba YoungBoy because it's like black air force energy it's like how people who listen to NBA Youngboy pay for things and it's somebody like fully clinching like a dollar bill and handing it to someone. Like it's well, that kind of those vibe.
0: those people must have been handing over their, their clutched yeah. one dollar bill because <laughs> this was the number one album and that is, I don't know all the metrics that go into it in 2019, but album but sales is a big yeah. part of it. So people were buying it. Mm-hmm. What do you think of NBA Young Boy? Or are you a uh, two? I've heard some to feature this, this verses music. of
1: his that have been fine. Okay. I don't think his music is for me for where I am in life right now. But I've heard for, some you of mean his it's features for like a go. younger crowd. You think? I mean, maybe when I was like listening to a lot of hood rat shit. But but now you, I listen to a different kind. To, you said that in a way that is kind of like
0: mm, looking down on the hood rat shit. Are you against this?
1: Um. I listen to more sophisticated drug rap now. Like what? I don't know. That's like the binny of the Jesus is
0: king too. Or,
1: <laughs> Jesus, exactly that. You know, like Pusha T, Freddie Gibbs, Griselda, the them boys. Where it's still very Griselda Fuggish. One of the ugly stepsisters from Cinderella, is she not? Yeah, she got some bars.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about AI Youngboy2 by Youngboy Never Broke Again. Uh, starting with all music, what do you think mm-hmm. they gave it to the first decimal out of five? Two
1: point zero, it is higher. Two point nine. No, it's a three point five out of five. Wow, that's music. pretty solid. A seven for NBA so moving over boy. to
0: rate your music. You know why do you need to call it a seven? And it's a three point five out of five. That speaks plenty. Sure, we could multiply anything by it. <laughs> we could add anything to itself and make a new number. <laughs> mm, Thirty five out of fifty. <laughs> Seventy five out of a hundred. Yeah. No. 70 out of 100. 70. Fuck. <laughs> all Music gave it a 3.5 out of 5. What about Rate Your Music, the Letterboxd music, out of 5 to the second decimal point compared to a 3.5? 2.1. You're wrong, it's higher and let me give you this fact to help your guess. This album was the 41st highest rated album of 2019 on Rate Your Music of all albums for released in 2019. 4. 41 1? lower. 3.8 lower it's a 3.23 but okay. 41
1: up for the year is pretty high that's pretty good yeah yeah good for you young boy never broke again
0: well now that we've gone through all that and now we're 30 minutes into the podcast and can actually talk about the good place exactly starting with one of my favorite moments of the podcast every week and i know it's one of yours too that is of course when we find out did steven watch the episode this week
1: this week i normally like to do it to like a tune of a song that Uh whoever like the artist is but i cannot sing or i don't does he have melodies you're asking the wrong guy couldn't tell you how i said his name you're asking (laughs) the wrong guy how are you feeling this week had to stop going by nba young boy because the National Basketball Association sent him a cease stop. and desist. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so fair. now he's young boy, never broke again, exclusively. Yeah.
0: Well, how are you feeling this week with the task at hand? A chip driver mystery is kind of mm-hmm. a unusual Good Place episode,
1: I think. Uh, in a, not in yeah. a bad
0: way, but I, how, how do you think that's going to relate to you trying to tell us everything that happened?
1: I don't know, because it's kind of all over the place, but there's also kind of one plot line. One and a half. Do you yeah. count the Michael Janet thing as a plot line? Well, it's like the framing device. Yeah. But hey, I, I, I can't help you. I'm
0: not giving you any information. You've got to give us all the information. With 20 seconds on the clock, are you ready? It doesn't look like it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go okay. for it, Zach. Okay. I, I'll do Whoa. it. I'm going to try. You, you have to. I'm going to do, really segment. I'll do, it. I'll do the segment. I'm glad you feel that thing. way. But whether you
0: said <laughs> anything, I still would have forced you to do to it. Do it. Yeah, I'm it's in step the contract. my comfort
1: zone. On go. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, go. As Michael recounts the tale that has transpired to a bad Janet. The day before her release, we learn that Brent wrote a book after a fun ski trip that shows he hasn't grown as much. He made characters of everyone else that are really racist and rude, and Simone's not taking that shit. Uh, Then she hurts Brent's feelings because he's fragile. Michael tries to get him to change, but he's not going to. Oh.
0: Yeah, you spend too much time on the framing device. Yeah. And also, you even got that wrong. It's not the day before her release. It's the day of her release. Because the whole thing is you have to listen to this whole story, and then I'll take care of you.
1: Mm, I believe That's at the beginning so of the episode, true. Michael no. says, "No, you have I know one day for left." A fucking and fact then I think at the end the he, he decides realized. to let her fucking go.
0: No, early. he says, "I'm going to let you go, but first you have to listen to this whole story." You're wrong. But what I'll say is, then I think you kind of made up for it a little bit when you. Calmly and succinctly started mm-hmm. to tell to tell the Brent story. We yeah. didn't get anything of Chidi. We didn't get enough of Simone. Uh, we didn't get enough Tahani of Eleanor or Jason. Uh, we didn't get enough of Jason or John. There was a mm-hmm. lot more you could have done. Yeah, but I also, for whatever reason, don't feel as negative as I have on some other weeks. So I'm just going to give you a C, just a plain Thank you. C, a solid three point five. Out of i i only know what that means if it's out of 10 so you have to ah, give it's me a that solid again seven out of 10 uh, okay so pretty good mm-hmm. not bad i don't think a not c bad. is a seven out of 10 70 a c, percent 70 is a c. Percent. yeah i remember thinking that was bullshit in school because a c should be like that a c should be like 60
1: well that's your conditioning from your parents that forced you to value grades mm. over actual personal growth yeah You were like, Mama, Papa, I love film and the arts. And they're like, but what'd you get in science class? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mama, Papa, all that to the team. Let's do some (laughs) trivia. I've got a questions. I've got probably one or two more than that. Go ahead. How long has Bad Janet been in captivity? Six months. Yeah, you got it. What is John's mantra? Kate Blanchett Mm -hmm. saying Rihanna. Good job, oof. Okay, uh, why couldn't Cheezy go skiing? Because he's scared of moving at an angle. Yeah, moving at an angle <laughs> terrifies him. <laughs> That's really funny. What makes up the halves of six feet under par? Oh, fuck. Um, these aren't going to be in order. Half. That's okay. Get as many as you can. Tutorial. I'll be half mm-hmm. mystery, half erotic thriller. Or erotic something, half uh, mystery, half horror. Said that already. Yeah, I I don't remember the rest.
0: Let me know when you're done. Keep going. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, I've ha- I've
1: you got like some of the done. words.
0: You you got some of the words. It's half spy novel, half uh-huh. murder mystery, half mm-hmm. submarine adventure, <laughs> half erotic <laughs> memoir, half political thriller, half golf tutorial. That's the only one you got fully, mm-hmm. and half commentary on society, of course.
1: Jesus Christ! What is on the back of Brent's
0: book? It's his it's his author photo, and it's like him in a fighter jet because he likes Top Gun. He's he gives like the American flag. The flag.
1: Yeah, sure, take it. C.P. And he's tongue. giving a thumbs up. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good job. What
0: is Tahani's mm-hmm. counterpart in the book named? Something. It's pretty Pakistan. racist.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Pick a starlet first name. Change one letter in starlet. Yeah, scarlet. Scarlet. scarlet Pakistan. Pakistan.
1: Thank you. Um, <laughs> how long do the humans have to read Brent's book? How long do they have a mm-hmm. a day? Is it just a day? No, we we're looking for two days. They were two days until the the book event. Okay, hey, what? we're close. Is Jason's song called "Fuck You"?
0: Um, That's a good question. That's not a "fuck you" question. That's a fuck good question. You. <laughs>
1: fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Come on, I'm walking
0: <laughs> here. <laughs> If I was behind I, the wheel of a car, I'd be honking at you so hard yeah, right now. i uh, hey, you!
1: <laughs> Come on! I don't remember. It was it was really funny. I really liked Do you liked remember it. the parent parentheses? The parenthetical? Parentheses. Uh, no.
0: I love you forever. Parentheses. Make that booty bounce in the back. In the bath. Make
1: that booty bounce in the bath. Bath? Bath. I thought it was back. No, make that booty bounce in the bath. That's better. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> um What season of Downton Abbey does John compare the neighborhood to? That's season four. Mm, I don't remember why I remember that line so well. Like when I watched it, I was like, I remember exactly him saying that. Wow. Have I gotten yeah.
0: all of your questions right so far? Am I mm, You a comeback? One. Which one?
1: The how long they had to read Brent's book.
0: No, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah. What does Bad Janet say that Ooh. vindictive nerds are
1: doing on Earth right now? <sighs> the vindictive nerds at Apple mm. are changing the. Did you say like charging port again, or the, or the shape, shape of the charging shape of cable? Of the charging cable. Okay. But I'll give yeah. that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apple's wild. They change that shit all the time. That's how they get you to have to get the new phone. Exactly. Uh, Androids only changed once, but the thing they changed to is just the universal new thing. And I'll be a dead man before I pick up an (laughs) Android phone. I've got one for you. I don't know if you'll know this one. I I, I could have asked a harder one, but I I gave you the easy version of this question. What year was Chip Driver's Cadillac?
0: My very next question would have been to ask you what car he drives, and it's a 1968 Cadillac. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got it. So give me another one. Uh, who is John's favorite philosopher? Oh, I they I remember this line, but I mm-hmm. don't know that person, so mm-hmm. it, the name didn't stick with me. Is it Brittany? You have the right first letter. I'll give Brittany, you another crack. first, first Eleanor, letter not Eleanor, name. Eleanor. So it's Brittany, uh, Ber- <laughs> Bartholomew. You got it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who she is. I've heard that name before,
1: but no, I don't really. It's she you. was on uh, Real Housewives of you know, oh, Beverly Hills in New York or something, but she uh, has a lot of money because she invented like cool. the, sure. the skinny she was girl on Real Housewives drinks, or like the, the margaritas or like, low-calorie or whatever that sure. all the moms buy. You know so a, she a lot about this, huh? She was on uh, Shark Tank. She was a guest judge on there once. I, guess see. Shark. I see. I yeah. see. Who wears the same dumb shorts every day? Um, I think this is one of my next questions. Is that, would that be Dumb Shorts Kathy? Kathy. Dumb That's Shorts Kathy. That's a really funny, really funny line that I, I didn't remember. That was. Fun. It is
0: funny because it shows how clueless they are to the NPC people. Mm-hmm. They, they wear the same clothes every day. <laughs> every day. Uh, what were Chip Driver's jobs? Mm, is this when Tahani's complaining and says you can't be all three? Mm-hmm. He's the world's. This is backwards. He's the world's strongest president.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to remember the. Then that's there's the first one left, and I really want to get it. I don't think I do though. What's the first one? You have a guess. I
1: just said I'm done. Okay, uh, you got two of the three right, but he was that a private was eye okay main, sure. yeah main squeeze
0: yeah. your turn i have one last question for you how much is a copy of brent's book 65 dollars. yes and i really like the line that's at the more end than a AAA video game when michael says no i didn't have any
1: cash so i couldn't buy <laughs> you a copy sorry that was really funny um uh, my last question what does michael do when bad janet leaves he lysol he sprays lysol yellow yeah. can
0: of lysol
1: I was gonna need Lysol for sure, and you got it. You got it. You did pretty well. You You only missed like
0: one or two. Three. Three. That's not great. We're back to seven out of ten, aren't we? (laughs) Can you can you reduce that for me? Yeah, I think that would be one point. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the episode. We I mentioned up front that I think this is a strange episode, but I think it's a good episode. I actually like this episode a little bit better than last week's episode. I just don't know that this episode needs the uh, framing device of Michael telling the story to that, Janet.
1: I feel 100% the exact same way. The whole time I was thinking, why is... But why is it being told from that perspective? Like it, I'm fine with it, but it just wasn't necessary at all. It I would have liked me
0: wonder if, like Darcy Cardin was busy this week. So is Janet. She's only in like one scene, and then yeah. she could have filmed her stuff with Michael in like one day. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was strange. And if I think a couple of things are strange about this episode and where it fits in the season, because mm-hmm. Janet's just back. There's absolutely no discussion of her returning from being held captive yeah. in the bad place. And for this bad Janet story, we learn, like, there's a telling line where Michael says, you and I have been debating whether people are good or bad for six months now. We should have seen that before. This. Yeah. And then this episode and the framing device would have made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, though, I think this is a really good episode because it's one of those episodes that's like – what if The Good Place was a 20-episode sitcom that could do episodes about one of the characters wrote a bad book and he wrote all of the gang into it, but it's one of the last times that we're going to get that before the show really changes, and I think it's a good one at that. There's Mm -hmm. no huge, huge plot development, but I don't think that that makes this episode work less. In fact, I like it even more than last week's episode that had plot development, but not enough tension. This episode doesn't have that much plot development, but it's really funny and I like what we get out of pretty much every character in this episode
1: yeah I agree I think that the only thing is just weird and I think maybe that kind of shows that this was written and directed by somebody who hasn't written and directed an episode even somebody who's been on the show and and helped a lot this is a different hand at the wheel I I was gonna say it feels not like that to
0: me it feels like they did a really good job other than the framing device being strange Mm -hmm. but I can't see that being
1: Lizzie Pace's idea yeah,
0: I thought the writing was really. good. You know Lizzy well;
1: she wouldn't. Yeah, Lizzy and have She would
0: of, never. Of Case come up closed.
1: With that. My favorite episode <laughs> of Bad Good call. Good call. That would not. Not as. I don't know. It's interesting. I the whole time I was watching the episode, I was enjoying it, but I it does just feel like different. But that might just be because I'm aware oh so painfully that we only get one or two more episodes in this plot. So, There's a
0: moment in this episode that I thought it was about to be the end of mm-hmm. that. And I was kind of expecting something to happen that doesn't. We'll get to that when we yeah, get to it. Let's talk through the episode unless thoughts. I think, I can, I think, I, I think have we're on thoughts. the same page there. No, let's just dive in. Okay. So, yeah, the framing device. I like the... It's really just that it feels out of place. It's not anything to do with the idea of Bad Janet being kept in this... I don't know. Can you think of your – I feel like you'd have a quicker example of something else Mm -hmm. where it's this, like, really nice, really secluded, really Mm -hmm. armored cell for a huge wanted criminal. Can you think of a time that that's happened in a piece of media? Sure. I feel like I've seen uh, this visual before. Is
1: it – Let's go with, like, any old Looney Tunes thing where you've got some unbeatable monster change in a basement. Or if you want to get a fancy one, you know, let's go, like – I don't know Martha Stewart being in jail.
0: Sure, okay, good enough. Yeah, but it, it, it's Janet's void, and there's the single maximum security cell that's holding bad Janet.
1: Oh, Silence of the Lambs! Isn't uh, isn't Hannibal Lecter in one of them? Isn't yeah, he in like a lounge? I was
0: thinking even more specifically of something that's almost exactly like this, minus the white void. That's sure. literally like a. I'm thinking there might be like a super villain in something that's kept in something like this. Yes, I don't know. It's uh, this maximum security cell. It's holding bad Janet. And we learn through Michael's exposition. Magneto right?
1: in X-Men, I think, is in a thing like that. Sure. That might even yeah. be
0: part of what I'm thinking of.
1: Mm-hmm. Janet's Avengers, been, bad Janet has one. been
0: in this cell for six months. And Michael says at the front that today is her last day. You're fucking wrong. Fuck you. So she has one day left. Here. One day more. I hope that we don't get any more patrons so one Stephen can finally be gone day. from this podcast. If we don't get 18, I walk. It'll be me uh, alone talking into a microphone that I had that got repossessed from me uh, (laughs) to my empty shambles of a life. It'll be better, too. It'll be great. Everything's
1: going to fall apart. Michael says, I'm going to let
0: you go today. But first, I've got a story to tell you. I do like bad Janet's banter in all of these Mm -hmm. scenes. Her saying, what, is this going to be one of your humans are good and worthy of respect and not big fat sacks of dookie stories. Mm -hmm. And Ted Danson's always great the way that he says things like something like that. The way that he, I don't know, Michael, you can feel how smart and clever he thinks he is when he responds to people's quips. And this is full of that. And then Janice says, okay, real quick, before you start, and then it does something that I love when shows do. Not the fart joke, but the fact that the long fart is interrupted by the theme song, and then Mm -hmm. after the theme song, she's still finishing the same fart. I like that. It reminds me specifically of the episode of Community with Jack Black as Buddy, when he's like, I don't want to throw off the natural, and then it goes into the theme song, and after Mm -hmm. the theme song, he's like, order of things by being here. I love I really like when shows do that. So the fart intro, fart continues. You're not a fart joke guy, are you? Did this ro- roll your eyes? I don't mind Janet's farts. I have no follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Janet says, ooh, wow, she's going to last.
1: That's good. Good joke.
0: She asked Michael, I think this is one of the best setups of this what's that book? Is that your story? And he says, no, this book is something else, but we'll get to it. You'll see. And he begins the story. It starts off right after the end of last week's episode where the gang has been on their ski trip. And after the ski trip, not what bad Janet says. And they all skied off a cliff and they broke all their bones and their pants fell down and you could see their butts. The end. Wave. <laughs> she waves goodbye. Michael says, no, no, it's better than that. And it went better than they could have hoped. They're all getting along really well after this ski trip Mm -hmm. in the lodge from last week. And we get into the main part of things where the gang is coming back. They're all walking as a unit. It's the four humans and Jason. And they're talking about the fun trip they had. Of course, Chidi couldn't go skiing because he's afraid of moving at an angle. But he loved all the reading nooks at the lodge. (laughs) It's like everywhere you go, another place to read. Nooks. Feels like a word I shouldn't say anymore. Nook? It does sound a bit slurish. Yeah. What were you about to say? You have your finger on your face as if
1: in thought. I I was thinking about how sweet it is that Eleanor puts a library for Chidi everywhere they go. I think it's That is pretty cute. Or tons of reading nooks, places Mm -hmm. to sit.
0: John, you apparently took them all on a meditation journey. I think John has some really funny asides in this episode. This is the Kate Blanchett one. Yeah. you're not supposed to tell people your mantra. That's like the whole thing is that it's yours and you don't share oh, really? it with people. And John's just straight up like, "What's your mantra?" Mine's Kate Blanchett saying Rihanna. So I thought that was really funny. I feel
1: like people share their mantras quite often.
0: I guess it depends on the type of meditation that you do, mm. but I don't think you are supposed to share it. Or at least I've heard context where people are like, "I can't tell you my mantra. That's a person. That's mine." You talk. A lot, you do get into a lot of mantra talk these days. Yep, talking monts all day long.
1: <laughs> MontTalk.blogspot.com.
0: Brent congratulates Simone because they played gin rummy together and mm-hmm. she won. And then she razzes him about, oh, yeah, they didn't teach you that at Rutgers. That's a really And they really have funny a back one. and forth of, oh, you know I went to Princeton, right? Ah, she's kidding. But you do know that. Yeah, she knows. <laughs>
1: That's funny. This
0: episode is totally full of my argument a couple weeks ago that Brent wasn't that funny in 2019 because Brent was the president at the time. Yeah. And now he's just this sad shell of a man who yeah. you can laugh at. So I was all in really for all of the Brent stuff in this episode. I thought he was really funny.
1: Yeah, now that we're in the like Post Mojo Dojo Casa House United totally. States. You're so right. Like he's such a joke and it's great. It's really funny.
0: And he was then, I just like I I just, just the cultural context was different, I think. Yeah. Like even I though remember, like, those people just really are still scared.
1: disliking him, like disliking the character then being like, "Oh, this guy sucks." It felt like I don't like, like like a waste of time in the final
0: season of a show that I love with these characters that I love, but now it doesn't feel like a waste of time because I'm mm-hmm. laughing. Exactly. So Eleanor back in the office is telling the team, well done. They've done a great job commenting that Brent has definitely made the most progress. I forget who's, I think Jason says, yeah, mm-hmm. when Simone beat him in cards, he didn't flip the table and storm off. He just stormed off. That's big. <laughs> I love it. Tahani's wondering, as many have, if he's actually changing or if he's just trying to get into the super heaven concept that they built, which was a nice bit of continuity from a few weeks ago. And Michael says, well, yeah, you know, but his behavior's changing. That's what's really important. His intention, we can work on later. Mm -hmm. How do you
1: feel about that? Do you think that's...
0: I I feel like intention is everything.
1: I think intention is everything. But kind of like... Now, circumstances were very different. Because Eleanor thought she didn't belong there. And Mm -hmm. so even though her intentions didn't start as pure and became that, she had opportunities to step up in ways right. that brent necessarily she doesn't she knew
0: that she was at fault for her yes whole life. brent doesn't yes.
1: think that and so he's like oh well yeah. i'm good but i'll be extra good to make sure i get into this better place and he doesn't really have an incentive to actually improve as a person and instead so it's of tougher. really doing a lot of good it's turned
0: him into this well this place sucks send me to the next yeah. place mentality Eleanor does a cute drum roll because it's time to crown a couple of office awards for the week. First, the humanity savior of the week, which is going to be Jason for his work with Cheaty. Do you think that's the right call? Giving it to Jason for his work with Cheaty? Did Jason I think do it's something the right with call Chidi giving it recently? to Jason? Last week? What happened? Well, it's been six months. Oh, just in general, because Jason and Cheaty have been paired together and Cheaty's been keeping Jason's secret. Right.
1: Yeah, sure. well, and, and on the ski trip, Jason was the one that was with them. So That's I think true. he gets okay. it for that. Even though she said for your work with Chidi, but I, I took it as he got it for, for accompanying the humans on the ski trip and it going so successfully. And knowing what to do and doing it well. That is good yeah. for Jason. The award for hottest savior of the week goes to <gasps> Eleanor Sheldra. Thank you, I accept. I never win hottest. I don't know what to tell you, man. Maybe do some squats? Pop that booty a little bit?
0: We see the wall of previous winners behind Eleanor, and it's mostly Eleanor with a few Jasons and a few Janets and a few Tahani's scattered in between, which I thought was really funny. And then we get another moment. Uh, There's not a lot to say about the Bad Janet moments. Just some funny Bad Janet lines. Mm -hmm. Michael's telling Bad Janet that the ski trip was a real high point, not the hotness contest. That wasn't the high point. Until (laughs) Brent did something very Brentian, which is a funny way to put it. And Bad Janet says, who could have predicted that? so we cut to brent doing something very brentian he runs up to simone and chidi he says hey ski bunnies is that what you call people who fuck while they go skiing sure
1: ski bunnies i feel like that's a thing i think you're thinking of the term snow bunny yes which, which is refers... uh, where we all know very well you
0: and me steven i <laughs> mean we both i would i like to keep this show clean uh-huh. And I want to tell you what I think that is. Yeah. And just the only way it. I can do it is to say, no, I'm not going to bleep it. I just want you to know that unlike my typical character, I'm going to say something really dirty. Okay. If you and I were snow bunnies,
1: mm-hmm. would
0: it mean that at the same time, we have had the same cum in our mouth? No, not it's, at all. On separate occasions, we've no. had the same cum in our mouth.
1: No. Whose cum has been in whose <laughs> mouth, Stephen? I... Okay, so there's Eskimo brothers. That's when we both had the same comment. in <laughs> our mouth? That's when we both had the same... Well, that's okay. when you've been in the same igloo. Which means vagina. This is, or vagina. Yeah, is, sure. In today's society. Any kind of giant, Any kind of ussy. Yeah, exactly.
0: So snow bunnies means snow bunny the same thing? is
1: just a... I think I was right. Normally blonde, <laughs> normally more on the like s- smaller in size I don't end of the know, spectrum. I have no white idea girl. where
0: you're getting this from.
1: <laughs> Just Google go hey, into an incognito browser bunnies. later, Zach, and, and search Snow Bunny and see what comes up. Snow Bunny? What did, yeah. where did you say to look it up? In an incognito browser. Turn wow. safe search. I'm looking off. it up
0: clean. Snow Bunny is a song by Bootsy Collins.
1: There we go. What's it That's about? That's what we
0: got. What is snow bunny slang for? Mm-hmm. An attractive white woman, a partic- uh, like an attractive female who's not that good at skiing and snowboarding, but is like there doing it. Oh, haven't heard that definition. I like the cum one better. <laughs> hey, ski bunnies. He tells Simone and Chidi, you guys are my nerdiest friends, so I think you would enjoy my new book. Six Feet Under Par, A Chip Driver Mystery. That's when we get the really, really great line Brent is very funny in this episode, going through all the halves of his book and what it is. And Simone says it's three and a half books in one. And Brent, (laughs) without losing a step, goes, at least, and then keeps talking. (laughs) He wants the two of them to read it in two days and introduce him complimentary at a book reading that's happening. I love everything about this. Why does he Mm -hmm. need to to write a book in the afterlife and, like, sell it? Why does he need to have a book reading well, it's just so everything funny. about it is so Brent and it's so funny and it's very much in line with him, like still complaining about what's wrong with this country. Yeah. Even though they're in the good. Place. What's not, the point of it? there's no yeah. money,
1: someone says at one point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that one of the best things this episode does is the the Brent arc from boastful, cocky asshole to absolute child throwing a tantrum. And I think that this is a great start of that, where he's like, yeah, just say really nice things about me. Read the book. You're nerds. You like reading. It's great. And then the second any
0: criticism is brought Mm -hmm. his way, he is. He's a little shot. He's a real ski
1: bunny. So
0: Simone goes to Tahani and says that they should get wine drunk and tear the book apart. But Tahani knows that that's not the right thing to do. She doesn't want to make fun. She points out that Brent's been nicer. And even at the ski lodge, he made s'mores for them. He did claim to invent s'mores, but he was making them for other people. And Simone, I think, has some really great stuff in this episode. Mm-hmm. Here, Simone says to Tahani, well, before you defend him, maybe you should look at the book and read a little bit of yeah. it and see the love interest in the book that seems very much like you. So before we give this information, Tahani looks at it and just horrified it immediately. <laughs> then we cut to The Office, where members of the gang are reading the book and reading passages about Scarlet Pakistan, the character Which, your that's drag clearly name, based on right, Tahani. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They did not like that one. <laughs> I don't know if it was the pre-filmed uh, tape video camera in a cave video that I that I put before it, but I got ran out of that Ruby Tuesday fast.
1: <laughs> Scarlet, I think Pakistan. the Confederate flag turban didn't help. Yeah.
0: Well, they didn't see what I was gonna do with it at the end because <laughs> I didn't get to it. I think it
1: was all you were wearing was, was the concerning part.
0: I was going to take it off. <laughs> Scarlet is the type of girl you couldn't take in all at once or you'd die. <laughs> 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 the girl who had brown eyes as brown as the brownest crayon. She had legs <laughs> like Jessica Rabbit from that movie.
1: It's almost like... When you see, like, I had an AI write an Olive Garden commercial, it's got that same vibe of, like, Brent, he's like, okay, I've seen, I've heard voiceovers at the beginning of a movie that I that I fell asleep 10 minutes into. <laughs> uh, I can write a book.
0: <laughs> Eleanor scoffs. She apologizes to Tahani, but Tahani's really not bothered by it yet. She's been through way worse. Who is Sylvia Balasconi? Is that like an ex of Elon Musk's? I didn't look it up. I didn't either. I I, I, I was thinking it was going to be a gross guy. I won't put on incognito mode to look up (laughs) "come buddies, but I will put on incognito (laughs) mode to look up anything related to Elon Musk. I don't want that shit on my digital footprint. Michael is reasoning that this might be tough because there's already a big strain between Simone and Brent, and this might make it harder. The relationship is difficult because Simone makes snap judgments, and then Brent goes and confirms every snap judgment that she makes about him. (laughs) And someone says, I think, Michael, we need her to believe that Brent is better than his worst actions, like saying, picks up the book, Tahani has an accent like the Queen of England, but without any of the gross face parts. (laughs) Cut to Michael telling bad Janet that they thought they'd be able to handle this, but this some of these are unnecessary because it's just, well, mm. I thought this was going to go okay, but that was until, cut right back to what was going on. But it's yeah. worth mentioning because Janet has a funny line, like when someone throws up in a bus and someone else smells it and they throw up, Michael says,
1: yeah. Have you, you ever of. been around a chain reaction throwing up?
0: No, but it's, I've seen. It's not good. No, but I've like had to leave situations. I've never thrown up because of that, but I've left situations where I felt like that might be possible. Hmm. Like put your clothes back on, Go to Grandma. Throw up we're both gonna <laughs> throw up.
1: I like the idea that that the grandmother <laughs> takes off her clothes and is yeah. so repulsed by who is that in the mirror? <laughs> that she's gonna just a lot of Mary
0: Lou. Did we talk about Mary Lou on this earlier? Yeah, Today? Mary Lou's that been on a, this?
1: a staple. Was that a on this the other thing? That was on the I other thing.
0: That might have just been us talking. Expecting Amish. Never mind. Shout out Mary Lou. Jason walks into Chidi's place and asks him what's up. Uh, Chidi's reading the book, and he's discovered that, like Tahani, there's a cowardly character named Four-eyed Igby who is just like Chidi. He wears glasses, sweater vests, and never does anything spontaneous or cool. I'm educating you in ethics. What could be cooler than that, <laughs> Chidi <laughs> Ch- Ch- yells. But Jason explains, you know, I'm the guy for trying stuff. When I was back on Earth, everything I did was spontaneous, so I'm your dude. And that's how he got his nickname, The Defendant. I think that was a funny line. So, Cheaty asks what he could do right now. What would be spontaneous? And he suggests they make a list of the 10 most spontaneous (laughs) things they could do right now and whittle it down. I feel like that's a little bit where I'm cheaty
1: coded. (laughs) Like, let's do something spontaneous. Let's plan it. Uh, In three months, we will spontaneously do this thing. Yeah, and we have to be here by here, and we have to do this by this. Mm -hmm. That's me. But Jason says, no, that's stupid. I have a
0: better idea. Let's dance. They get up and start doing some really awkward it's cute. movements. I like it. it is I cute, like but it. their dancing is strange. Get you out of your head. This is how we
1: defeat Igby, the no fun nerd. Yeah. You don't let Igby move. There you go. Yeah, I've never heard this before. Who is it? Me. I wrote it. The song is called I Love You Forever parentheses,
0: make that booty bounce in the back. Oh, fun fact, the police irons in the background are real. I was being chased as I recorded it. Okay. (laughs) And for a second, Chidi lets it all go and starts Mm -hmm. moving. But of course, that comes back to bite him because they see a shocked John watching in the doorway. (laughs) Finally, John has some... Real stuff to do in this episode. And I think it's really great to have him be the one that, of course, figures out a secret and has to keep it when that's so unlike him to keep any secret.
1: Well, I think one of the best things this episode does is instead of just having one of the experiment subjects interact with like one of the original gang, Mm -hmm. we actually get to see the humans interact with each other. Mm-hmm. A lot more like I think we've That's only seen John talking to Janet or to Hani so far. And so well,
0: we talked a little bit last week. You know, they're not doing a lot with Brent and John or Simone. But when they speak up with a line, it's really funny here. Yeah. All those characters get something important to do, which is nice. Agreed. Bad Janet interrupts and says, oh, can't you just skip to the end? Which I get. Mm-hmm. But Michael needs to tell the whole story. But Janet says every story about humans ends the same way. Just tell me how they screwed up and put me out of my misery. But Michael stresses to not judge them yet. He's spent a lot more time with them. This is when the debate between the characters gets a little more interesting. Bad Janet poses that she knows everything that they've all done. Has Mm -hmm. a really funny line about, do you know what's going on Earth right (laughs) now? Wars, murders, women in $400 yoga pants that refuse to vaccinate their children. Vindictive nerds at Apple are changing the charger cable shape again. And then a joke that with a lot of buildup that I don't think pays off. How she goes, and much like the song Hated by Everybody that's used in every, so- every movie, I think they could have picked a better song than Bad to the Bone. I think so as well. And Michael's line of the good, 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 bu- 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 benefit of the du- 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 doubt had like one too many stutter words in it. Dave Chappelle did that joke in 2006. Stephen, big Kanye defender, big Dave Chappelle <laughs> defender. Oof, <laughs> you and Brent not so Famous different. Famous Dave huh? Chappelle
1: defender, Stephen Baker.
0: He continues to tell his story. Michael does, and Janet has a big sigh. After Janet sighs, there's a commercial break, but then it goes right back to them talking and the thing. And Michael explains that keeping a secret will be really tough for John. He says, you know, in one way, you could say the gossip toilet was about to overflow. Does that make sense to you? Bad Janet says, oh, no, I do understand that now. Thank you for putting it that way. So cut back to John freaking out and saying, who else knows about this? Is it just him? He gasps, Is it an exclusive? (laughs) And Chidi tells him that it is, but they have to keep it that way because they don't know what would happen to Jason if anybody finds out. But John's got some good points about how boring the neighborhood has been and how bored he's been and how this is finally something exciting and he has to just not do anything with it, much like season four of Downton Abbey. Have you ever watched Downton Abbey? Beautifully designed, but a real snooze
1: fest? No, and I don't think I ever will. Me neither. No. (laughs) Well, you're going to be totally lost in my Downton Abbey-themed birthday party.
0: What do you think about Chidi's idea for... (laughs) Uh, uh, getting John to be quiet. Jason's going to teach him how to do the magic mic body roll. I I like it. I think it's worth it. As a professional dancer, how did you feel about Jason's demonstration? Good body rolling. He had a lot of roles going on. Yeah, I liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. Tahani and Simone now are with each other, and Tahani has gotten into kind of making fun of Brent just a little bit. They're sharing passages from Brent's book. They're reading through it and learning that he solves the murder that the story is based around on page 10. The killer was Luis the valet, and it's so Chip can make it to golf a clock on his Rolex, which is real, <laughs> by the way. And they're like, what was the, what would the rest of the book be about? But I think if I was reading that book, I'd be like, nice. This book is gonna be awful and yeah, fun. What I would happens love to, to read the rest the rest of the three hundred pages? Eleanor walks up to say hello And Simone tells her what they're doing That they're reading this literature And Eleanor stands up for Brent a little bit And says that even though, you know Brent made some bad choices They should forgive him And this is one of Simone's strongest moments in a while Mm -hmm. Ever since the whole I think everything's fake Bit that they've had her for Her line here is so great When she shoots that down with a hard no Yeah Sorry, but no, I can't
1: This book is objectifying, misogynistic, and racist. Why are we still dealing with this shirt in the good place? When people like him are ignorant jerks, why are people like us asked to forgive
0: him? Also, and this is less important, why is he in a fighter jet for his author photo? (laughs) I think that's such a great Simone line that's so specific to the conflict, but also just speaks to the world at large. Guys like Brent in general and people like Simone in general. I think it's so good, really well written.
1: Well, and I think how many times, you know, I know I at least have asked this question so many times, like, why, why is this shit still going on, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that just speaks to the ultimate frustration of, insert, you know, oppressed person here, like, why even in the best of places, <laughs> people like this still get to do whatever they want.
0: And also it makes me think of the whole people of color or people of different gender identities, how they're Mm -hmm. always being asked to explain things to people that don't get it. When they're, uh, go look it up. Go like, Mm -hmm. don't put that on me. And this reminds me of stuff like that, that... I think a lot of white people will be like, oh, well, they won't even tell me why this is going yeah. on. That's so off-putting. But no, it's way more off-putting that you go to the black person or the queer person that you know yeah. and say, well, explain why I'm – yeah, I don't Yeah, know. It, it's mm-hmm. very frustrating and annoying. And I think this line speaks to that really well. Eleanor can answer the author photo question. It's because he really likes Top Gun, but she needs to go consult with the mortal beings before she can answer the first one. That's a big question. I don't blame Eleanor. The white woman posing as an all-knowing being is like, I'll think about that. (laughs) Let me get back to you on that big problem. Uh, What do you think of Michael and Brent's golf trip and specifically Michael's golf outfit? (laughs) I love it.
1: I think it's great. As someone who has now golfed, Twice. Uh, Great clothes, great fit, Michael. I I I'd ride around. I I'd smack a couple couple balls with him. And how? What What's the John Daly quote that uh, That uh? Well,
0: you have that something about butt butt munch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Daly once said to David Lee Roth at the 2002 Chili Pro Am in Orlando, "Suck on this drive, butt munch." Do you know who John Daly is? They weren't talking about golf, though. No, I know who David Lee Roth is. I don't know who
1: John Daly is. John Daly was a golfer, but he was like the bad boy of golf, and he could hit it really hard, and he'd say whatever (laughs) he wanted.
0: I thought that this scene really had shades of Michael when he was going back to Earth all the time to try to be wise sage to the humans, and I love seeing Michael fall back into this mode. He just starts by saying stuff like, you know, and if you make a mistake, you always have a chance to redeem yourself, which gives us the David Lee Roth, John Daly interaction. He's like, and if and if ever, you know, if this helps out anywhere
1: else in your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brent takes his shot and he hits it and it doesn't go in the hole, but it like goes around like it's being flushed down a toilet Mm -hmm. into the hole. And he congratulates himself, but Michael steps in and suggests, and this is so, of course, someone like Brent would be able to golf all the time and just make every <laughs> shot because there's a filter on. <laughs> and Michael suggests that they try playing old school with the assistance filter turned off. And of course, when he does turn it off and Brent takes a shot again, he totally biffs it.
1: hmm Fork! You sneezed, man.
0: I don't think I sneezed. Because I literally can't. Well, if somebody sneezed, damn it! <laughs> Michael tells him, no, you hit a bad shot, and that's okay. Not a sign of weakness to admit you made a mistake. It's fine. Fine, whatever. I shanked it. Brent, like, okay, okay, I guess I admitted Mm -hmm. a little bit. So Michael says, you know what? Let's go find your ball and bring it back here or go to the next one and try to do better on the next shot. And if this ends up applying, (laughs) like you pointed out, any other aspect in your life then cool he says that's like passive aggressive parent trying to give you like yeah. a parable like and if you think of this later man <laughs> michael tells bad janet that he thought that this was really going to help i think he says it'll stop the bleeding with brent and bad janet calls michael out on that for thinking yeah. that, that was just going to fix everything and michael says what can i say i'm an optimist
1: Bad Janet's like you thought one like soft mo- soft mention of a metaphor was going to do it He's an
0: optimist. But two days later, he admits, at the event, it fell apart almost immediately. (laughs) At the book event, I fucking love the Top Gun Brent Norwalk logo. So funny. I love that so much. And when this episode first aired, I hadn't seen Top Gun. But last year, because I'm an Oscar boy, I watched Mm -hmm. both Top Guns. And I wonder what Brent would have thought about Top Gun Maverick. He would have been really excited, I bet.
1: Zachary Oscar boy Pruitt. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what they call me. That's Everyone calls him that. Well,
0: that's one of the things that some people have called me. They call me a lot else. <laughs> Chidi thanks John at the event for not telling anyone about Jason. And John says, well, yeah, you know, thanks to Tahani. I know that gossip is bad. But on the other hand, I've got this tea and I just got to spill it. How are you with that, with keeping secrets these days? Um, Do you have people that you're like,
1: I've just got to unload?
0: Well, I tell of course Danny you pretty do. much everything. Right.
1: But I can keep secrets from everyone else.
0: I wonder if we've ever said anything on here that we shouldn't have. Do you think yes, that's possible? Sure. Do you think that maybe we've ever... we've ever said
1: something we shouldn't? I'm sure. Ever?
0: <laughs> I want there to be a Zach and Steven out of context Twitter so bad that I've thought That'd about just starting it myself. Yeah. Because there are some... I for, They're like just it, one sentence. I, there was one in the I last mean,
1: one where I was like talking about being fucked from behind by something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, pin tweet me saying that I hope the queen burns in hell. That was, <laughs> that was a fun day. But that has all
0: the context you need. You yeah, stand by that. that.
1: I stand by that.
0: Chidi reminds John what Kant once said. It is your duty to keep your friends secrets. And I think there's truth to that. But John says, my favorite philosopher, Bethany Frankel, would say, I have a duty to mention it all. And if you can't handle the truth, you can't handle me. Which <laughs> also has some truth to it.
1: Yeah. Chidi you can't no, handle the truth.
0: I think maybe you should go Kant and not Frankel, Chidi mm-hmm. says. But John has to have something to gossip about, like how he learned who wears the same dumb shorts every day. And Chidi says, who? And John says, dumb shorts, Kathy. <laughs> Also, elsewhere at the event, Eleanor runs up to Simone with ideas to her question. She says, "Sorry, it took me so long. Those ancient scrolls were very hard to roll back up.
1: <laughs> so Eleanor thinks Simone should tell Brent, but uh-huh. not what Simone wants to tell Brent. She thinks she's a child that it' sucks El-
0: very hard. Yes. She thinks Simone should stand up and tell Brent to be a little more subtle. Cut to the girls walking up and Brent saying, Here they are, Charlie's angels,
1: as they show <laughs> I don't up to their Who post. goes, Ooh? <laughs> I think it Michael that goes, Ooh, when he says that.
0: These scenes, it's the scene and another scene a little later where they're all talking and stuff finally starts being let out. These are where the episode really shines. Mm-hmm. He asks them, So, what did you think of the book? And Tahani says, Very interesting word choices. I've never seen the <laughs> word pants <laughs> tent used so many times. Well, I just thought that's what the Surgeon General would say in that moment. <laughs> what else? More complos. And Simone says, the like what we get mm-hmm. when a, a people are like, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. What did you think? Just that you do it is so great that you just do that. Simone says, just writing a book is an amazing accomplishment. And that goes over Brent's head. He says, Uh you bet your butt it is. The story is incredible too. Chip solves the mystery on page 10, greatest detective ever. (laughs) He tells the girls to hop on up there. And I say the girls, but Chidi is also part of it. He tells the girls to hop up there and speak from the the heart about how it's their favorite book ever, but Simone can't take this. Eleanor tries to stop her, but she steps forward to complain about this character that's so clearly based on Tahani and is very unflattering. (laughs) Brent says, not flattering. I said she's got huge ones, ultimate complo. (laughs) And Michael tries to step in as why Sage now remember maybe something from earlier about making bad mistakes and taking another shot. But Brent is shocked that others are like, you agree with her on this one? (laughs) I didn't know I was going to get called out by the PC police. That was the line that stung the most here because that's what these people would say. Not It's not a joke. That's just truth. You know, I was going to give you 10% off the cover price, but now you're going to have to pay the full 65 bucks like everybody else. There's no money here. Book event is canceled because of these mean women. And he goes (laughs) off.
1: I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I did too.
0: Back in the office, Tahani thinks that she can maybe get Simone to handle this the British way. I didn't write down the whole line, but it definitely ends with getting over it slowly
1: across 50 years. Standing in a drizzle (laughs) 50 years while it melts away your sadness. Yes. Eleanor
0: says, F that, though. And that Brent is the problem. He needs to change, and they need to stop walking on eggshells around him. She says something like, we need to throw the egg directly in his face. Mm -hmm. And Michael finally agrees. Their time for the experiment is halfway over, and Brent needs to improve. So Michael asks our Janet, the good Janet, where he is now, and she says, take a guess. (laughs) Cut back to the golf scene. Michael says, what's up, buddy? Grippin' and (laughs) ripping." But it, it seems like, according to Brent, that the big dog don't want to hunt today. <laughs> what does
1: that mean? Uh, it means his driver is not hitting straight and true, Zach. He's shanking left and right due to his lack of talent. Vis-a-vis, the big That's dog affecting the don't want to hunt. He's today. very upset. Oh, yeah.
0: Because Simone was very mean to him and maybe a little <laughs> racist. <laughs> Michael says to take it easy. Art is subjective. Everyone has different takes. But more importantly, and this is something that, oh, man, one of, I hope, a lesson that I've learned better but was a big 2020 uh, white people guilt Mm -hmm. awakening moment for me that was hopefully when someone says you've hurt people and you need to take responsibility, hopefully we as a people even if we feel like that's wrong, can hear that and think, well, why did I make someone feel that way and how Mm -hmm. can I help? Even if I don't totally understand, instead of going right to being what Brent is, which is Mm -hmm. very defensive. He can't take it. Yeah. So he tells Brent to come back, apologize, and take the first right step towards healing the neighborhood. Brent agrees. Yeah, I'll do exactly what my dad did when he took on all those (laughs) class action
1: lawsuits.
0: (laughs) Cut to a cute little scene with Chidi and Simone. And I like when we see them unpacking their day with each other. Yeah. Chidi's talking about getting through to Brent. And Simone still doesn't know why. Why are you trying to get through to Brent? Why are you trying to help him? (laughs) Chidi says, he did call me a four-eyed coward who probably dry humps books. But why not be the bigger person? (laughs) And Simone speaks so much truth in this episode, saying that I think it sends a bad message that it's Mm -hmm. okay to treat people that way, and it isn't. She says really cutely, it's not okay to treat Tahani that way, it's not okay to treat me that way, and it's not okay to treat you that way, Igby. And they both laugh at it. Really cute. Michael, back at the event, gathers everyone around so Brent can apologize. I think these are some of my favorite lines in the entire episode. (laughs) Brent says, regarding my critically acclaimed novel, I'm very sorry if you were offended. Okay? But Simone does not accept. And so he tries again. Okay, fine. Sure. I'm sorry if what I wrote, which was perfectly okay, somehow made you feel like it wasn't okay. But you know what? That's on you. And Michael, again, as a sage, tries to redirect him. And Simone speaks up and says, apologize for real or stop wasting all of our time. And Brent says, yeah, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Is that what you want to hear? Eleanor says, very
1: obviously not. (laughs) Eleanor doesn't get a ton in this episode. Like She's she's through it the whole time. But that one was really, really funny.
0: She's trying to calm everybody down, suggests maybe they take a break and grab a snack, but Brent says no, I want a complo, give me some more complos, and Tahani's got one. One of my favorite lines from the episode. I didn't think it was possible to write a book as awful as yours. I literally didn't think human beings were capable of such racist, sexist poppycock. <laughs> also, Chip Driver is a private eye or a quarterback for the Chicago Bears or the world's strongest president. He cannot be all three. <laughs> but Scoffs calls it a disgrace. I accomplished something. I wrote a novel and now it's being attacked. Big J.K. Rowling energy. Yeah. She's like, I made Dumbledore gay. What more do you want? Oh, my God. So true. (laughs) I don't have a racist, sexist bone in my body. I'm in the good place. Ever heard of it? And this whole meltdown is really great. I deserve to be here. I'm here because I earned it by being the best. Is this where you thought something was going to happen that didn't, Zach? Very soon, it's building Mm -hmm. up to that. Simone calls Brent ridiculous. And then Brent... Even though it's a good place censor, he calls her a bitch and it takes the air out of the room. It's like when that type of guy talks to a woman that way. I love John's face when he says that. Mm -hmm. John has a really good reaction. Oh, and Chidi steps in. He tries to calm it down with philosophy, but Brent shuts that down and calls him Igby. You probably didn't know this, but that character is based on you. Chidi, a second ago, talking philosophy, like, said enough of a thing to summon Mm -hmm. a book, and then it comes back, and it hits Brent in the ass, and Brent says, I'm being (laughs) attacked again. Chidi tries to apologize, but Brent shoves him, And then Chidi comes through and punches Brent square in the face. That's been being held back for a long time. And for Chidi to be the one to break and punch him. He sends Brent into this table, scattering golf balls all over. And Eleanor says, I'm thinking bagel bites as the snack. It was more here. I just felt like this was so much chaos that yeah, one of the humans was gonna probably Simone, Simone was gonna be like, "This is not the good this place. Can't this can't be is the, the good bad place." place. Yeah. So I thought maybe this was that moment, and Simone would have mm-hmm. an Eleanor moment because I am foggy about what happens here.
1: Yeah, and I think would have been a good I also felt one. like this was building to to that.
0: If anything, I think it would have made the framing device make more sense because make it's more building sense. to this Absolutely. really big thing that happened instead of just building to a kind of nice thing that happens at the mm-hmm. end with Michael and Janet. Bad Janet is saying, back in the cell, middle-aged American male fragility. You know why they're called baby boomers, right? Because (laughs) the tiniest little pinprick to their ego, and boom, they become babies. (laughs) So Michael says they were forked, and they spent six months on this experiment. It was all for nothing. Bad Janet says humans suck. But Michael says, ah, that's where you're wrong, because this story has one more chapter. Stuff like that that the framing device didn't need. Just cut yeah, to the chapter. I
1: didn't care for that line.
0: You could have even just had Michael like smile knowingly while she talks about how bad humans are, and then cut to the humans proving exactly. Wrong. They're in the office, and I actually really like this scene. I do too. Eleanor is saying how today was very bad, and everybody lost points, and she doesn't really have a solution. And immediately we're reminded that even though we're so focused on those four humans, this has been the story for the last four seasons of four different humans. And this shows us just how much progress these people have made that they Mm -hmm. will not give up. They don't have a solution. But Tahani speaks up and says, "Okay, we'll reset. I'll do something mildly iffy and let John make a small, good decision to help.
1: I could tell him I'm going to get the ombre highlights and let him talk me out of it. What's wrong with ombre highlights? Eleanor, please. This week has been hard enough.
0: <laughs> Jason suggests he could set his robes on fire to get Brent to put it out. And Eleanor comments, Well, that's a very Jason thing. Of course, you think you'll dope with flaming robes, but actually, that's not a bad idea. It's something that will get Brent <laughs> to do a good deed without thinking about it, because you just put out the fire. Tahani wants to convince Chidi maybe to run a class on empathy and hopefully that'll pull through and and reach out to people and and make some leeway. And Eleanor says, yeah, you guys are right and goes to start writing things down. They've got time, she says. They're no longer in. Fuck, we're halfway out. We've lost Mm -hmm. time. She says, we've got time. We're going to figure this out. We can get it back on track.
1: And I think this is such a good representation of what of the point Michael's making with all this. But um. When Michael was in charge, he would have resetted. Like, ooh, he would have reset, not resetted. Jesus, he would have reset the exper- the experiment. He would have snapped his fingers as after soon as cheating through resets.
0: Punch. Yes, after eight hundred resets, he wouldn't wait for the "I know
1: what's going on here" moment like we were. Yeah, he would have said, "Well, this one's fucked." Mm-hmm. And it, it just right. shows that immediately they, you know, they were down for a couple minutes, but they know what's at stake. And they're like, oh, we don't have an option. Like, failure is not an option. Yeah, exactly. I think that that reads through in the main characters here pretty well in the scene specifically. I think it subtly stresses to the audience
0: that like, this reminds us of previous times, but this isn't like previous times because Mm -hmm. this is the last time. There have been so many times it's like, they can't fuck this up or else it's all over. This is that time. They can't fuck this up or else it's all over. Yeah. I feel like all of a sudden we're at the end of the episode really quickly. I Mm -hmm. think the second half of this episode is great. I think the first half is good, but I think the second half is great. I agree. Because even the way we end the episode... I don't mind that this episode doesn't really end with a cliffhanger. I kind of like this final scene that tells us at least Michael's point this whole time. I don't think it needed to be framed around him telling Janet the whole story. I think it could have just been in the middle of all of this. He's been going to visit bad Janet and they've been debating. I don't think it needs to be. I'm holding this story over your head before I let you go, because I don't think the story really has that much weight to it overall, to bad Janet, to the bad place. I think it's more, I'm going to get a few jabs in and I'm going to give you this book and I'm g- the thing I'm holding over you is that I'm just going to let you go. I mm-hmm. think if that was more the tension, which it is in this last scene, it would have been a little better.
1: Well, and neither neither of us prefer the tell don't show and mm-hmm. there's a lot of tell don't show mm-hmm. exclusively in the Michael bad Janet part where he's like, well, we tried to turn you our, to our side. That didn't yeah. work. I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? You know, yes. like last we saw her, she was magneted to a refrigerator, and it, now she's been in here. It for... feel just a little bit like there's mm-hmm.
0: an episode missing. Or Not if we had just ended way, the but...
1: last episode with Janet coming and then putting bad Janet in her void, and Michael being, well, maybe we can get her to help us. Or something like that. But just the
0: fact... It miffs me a little that there's no mention of what's going on with our Janet because of what she just went through, or Mm -hmm. Jason talking about what he's just gone through. It's been
1: six months. We don't know what any... That's true. That's
0: true. And I get that they skipped a lot of time and that they have to. I think it's something that even a line could have fixed. I didn't need mm-hmm. a whole scene. Exactly. Just, that's fresh on my mind because it's not been six months for us. We watched that episode last week, and it felt like it was leading up to some things in some of those storylines. And we don't even get like uh, romantic tension between Jason and Janet. We no, don't not even anything. like a little
1: smile or like a, a touch, called nothing nearby, anything. Yeah. Even like Janet being extra happy for Jason winning his award, like she's pretty evenly excited through the whole scene so it doesn't doesn't, seem... They don't do anything
0: wrong and if this had been an episode more removed from that I think it would have been fine. This final scene Michael tells Bad Janet that this what just happened with the humans was an hour ago and it convinced him that things were going to turn around so he went right to Bad Janet to tell the story He says that he and Bad Janet, like you said, we've never heard this before, that they've been debating whether people are good or bad for six months. But it's because we didn't see those six months. But Mm -hmm. I would have liked if we had gotten something to show us that. The idea that Michael is going to talk to Bad Janet more for himself than for her because he likes having these debates with her and stuff like that, I think they could have Mm -hmm. done just a little bit more. Even maybe it goes against what I've been saying this whole time, but maybe this episode works better if more of it is – Michael telling Janet the story and them debating, kind of like in Eleanor and Michael in the bar debating intentions last season. Maybe that would have been even better. They've been debating this for six months, but Michael realized that watching the humans dust themselves off made him realize that what really matters, and this is a great Michael line, is that those humans are trying to be better today than they were yesterday. That's where his hope comes from for the new humans. He shuts down the cell. I think it's a cool visual and sends bad Janet home. Mm -hmm. I tried to win you over to our side. It hasn't worked. So keeping you as a prisoner, just seems cruel. Letting you go home is how I've decided to be a little better today than I was yesterday. He gives her her phone back, which I think is funny. She goes right Mm -hmm. to scrolling through her phone. Very Jeff Winger gives her the book, which was mentioned earlier. Not Bren's book, she asks. Mm -mm. I didn't have any cash on me. I can get you a copy. (laughs) It's a manifesto of everything that's happened with the humans from day one. He says, I like this as a bit of exposition that we're like, how is it up to the moment if this is the manifesto that they wrote or something? But he says, Janet and I wrote this together a while back, and she's been updating it ever since. Mm -hmm. I like that line. That gives me some information. All he, he doesn't even say, go take this to your boss and show what we're no. doing and then be scared. He just says, I hope you'll read it. And in turn, hopefully she'll go and be better the mm-hmm. next day than she was before. And Bad Janet doesn't say anything really. doesn't there, It just ends. This interaction yeah. just ends. And I don't hate that it just ends. She says, yeah, people that get books as gifts always <laughs> read them. Bye. She leaves. And then Michael Lysol's the cell. And the episode ends. <laughs> What do you think about how they choose to end this episode? They don't I end like it the with the big, boy, guys, I figured it out. We're in the bad place. They end it with a moral quandary.
1: Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I think I'll know how I feel about the ending when I see how next week starts. That's always if how it is. Everything is it? just fine, back to normal, reset. I'd be kind of curious how they smoothed over the fact that Cheaty punched out Brent and mm-hmm. that he called Simone a bench. Or
0: to get back to Janet and Jason, get back to some of those characters. So
1: I'm curious to see how that kind of gets resolved because if they kind of walk over it, then I would have liked to see something in this week's. But I think overall the episode's really good and I like the ending. And I think that if I remember, I don't remember a ton of specifics about how the book or the manifesto impacts the next couple episodes, but, but I, I know feel like that it has does. to have something to do with it. And so in, for that regard, I like it because I think that it's kind of like, listen, this is the truth. This is everything, the good, the bad, the failure, the success. And I like that that's going to be the, you know, it, it makes everything matter that's happened so far. And I like things that make everything matter. And I also like that it doesn't end with Michael saying, take it back. Like, yeah,
0: I like that. It lets you put some of that together. That, oh, the, now it's Chekhov's book.
1: The mm-hmm. book is
0: there. Someone's exactly. going to read it. Something's Someone's got to shoot it. that
1: book off in the next act. It's got to happen. Well, I feel like we learned a lot today going through this episode. We learned
0: about yeah. snow a vocabulary. Yeah, we learned a lot today. And I think it was a good episode. <laughs> After last week's episode, I was a little bit nervous that season four was going to have a smaller version of the season three dip. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. I don't think nope. I think this episode shows me that I shouldn't be that it's good. I think maybe when this first aired I would have included this as a slight dip. I sure. don't anymore. I think this is
1: a good episode. I agree.
0: Well, before we do our last segments and get out of here, I just want to mention that next week we'll be back to talk about season 4 episode 7. We're getting that's the halfway point of the final season is yeah. season 7 with help is other people. I don't remember based off the episode other than maybe this is the one. I think it is exciting. I'm excited for that yeah. then for real. And then I think the seven episodes after that are just going to be amazing. I don't know I'm if very I'm very ready. Before we end this episode, let's do our good place bad place starting with the bad place which which I, I think, think is like ha- it's a no brainer. No? You think uh, so
1: you, you go Brent. first.
0: I'll give it to Brent because mm-hmm. I don't see what anybody else does that's bad and he doesn't learn any important lessons
1: yeah i agree i i want to give an honorable mention and this is just because of a little thing i almost considered tahani this week because well, cuz she gives in and starts talking shit exactly that's my mm. only thing simone doesn't know the weight of what bad behavior can have tahani Tahani does does. all too well and i didn't love that but i think tahani has a strong enough rest of the episode and her being the one to first get the idea of at the end of like okay i'm gonna do this so that john does something good i'm gonna get things going the right direction she understands that and john even saying in the episode you know tahani kind of showed me that i was using gossip in this way and i shouldn't really be doing it but i gotta spill the tea but like i I think Tahani has a big impact in a positive way now and I honestly, I didn't want to pick Brent at first because his... Too easy. He doesn't do anything unsurprising until he calls Simona bench. And that's what takes it over. So I think he does get the bad place for me this week. I had originally but even the been leaning of to his honey. book is bad.
0: Yeah, it's bad, but it's expected. I like that you bring up the Tahani point. That is a good point, mm-hmm. but I don't think it can go to anyone but Brent in yeah. this episode.
1: I think I know who you picked for your good place, but I'm curious to hear if, I, if my guess was right. I don't think... I know who I picked for The Good Place. Oh, really? Do you want me to tell you who I think you're going to pick? No, because I want to pick – give
0: me a respite to decide. I don't want you to inform my choice because I want to see if it lines up with what you think, okay? Mm-hmm. I think The Good Place this week should go to – oh, Simone. Yeah. Because That's she I think is – speaking not only to the truth in the good place but just to the truth in the universe and telling Mm -hmm. the characters and the audience things that they need to hear
1: yeah i i had a little tougher time this week with the good place too because i I think think that a couple people have have good weeks i think honestly jason has a pretty good week helping chidi and you know he's having
0: positive impact while
1: still being jason Exactly. I think that Eleanor has a quiet, good week, even though she doesn't make any huge impact moments, but she's constantly trying to have people do the right thing. Yeah. Even when people that are on her, like in her crew are not. I think Michael has a good week because he's very optimistic, believing in the humans, and he's actively trying to help bad Janet be less bad. I think Simone does have a good week, even though she's a little bit gossipy, mean girly. Mm hmm. But with good reason, like I would also be shit ripping this book to shreds and like yes. shit talking it like crazy. Oh but my it's God. still she was planning to do that the second that it was like she hadn't opened it yet. But just knowing that it was him yeah. and she speaks pretty condescendingly to him, even though it was kinda jokey it's kind of joky at the so beginning.
0: Earned, and I'm the type of person it is. that isn't going to I don't think she did anything really that inappropriate mm-hmm. other than talking behind a back. I, 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 it I didn't it, it, hold me back enough.
1: But I'm going to land on my good place this week, being my knight in shining sweater vest oh, for eyed Igby himself, Cheaty, because that man needed to be punched in the face, and Cheaty's the only mm. one who was going to do it. So, Cheaty, I think that pushed him over the edge because hitting wait, is bad, but he can hit. Literally, holding At back that Simone low low rate, he can hit. Listen to me.
0: You're holding back Simone for the same reason you're rewarding Cheaty because he was the one willing to say or do what needed to be done towards Brent. Why is it a bad thing for Simone, but a good because thing for Chidi Chitty to commit was violence? In reaction anything, to in its own a way, bad thing, Brent. That's the did. worst thing Chidi's done this entire show, Simone's, based on his ethics and morals.
1: Simone's was based on her already established feelings towards Brent, whereas Chidi's were brought upon by a reaction defending somebody close to him, which is why Chidi's is yeah. less bad i wanted to test it a little bit i don't think that's a mm-hmm. bad answer i,
0: yeah. I but Cheedy totally he turned one cheek and then he turned the other cheek then he turned around and did a butt and cheek and him. he turned yeah. that butt cheek and after he was like i cannot turn any more cheeks he's like yeah. you need to
1: yeah i can't even help it it just comes out of him he just punches him and at that hot bod physique he can hit cheese like i hit. said
0: we'll be back next week to talk about Help is other people. I'm very excited Mm -hmm. to see what happens in this episode. And I'm very excited, of course, soon to tell you guys the third of four options for what our next podcast will be. Uh, You'll find that out sooner than you did between the first and second. It's going to be soon before you know. And yeah, before too long, we'll start talking about that vote and when it's going to happen and when you'll be able to choose our next show
1: because our episodes of The Good Place are running out. Yeah, sprint to the polls, run to the polls, not your gerrymandered societal poll, our poll, the only vote that matters in 2024, uh, what will our next podcast be? We're either just about to
0: or just past a year of into the Time Knife. Wow, happy birthday. Let's see. Yeah, January 16th. Yeah. This get well it's been soon? a year of this show. I think it's been one of my favorite years of podcasting, and before we know it, it's gonna be time to wrap the show up. And I'm both excited to get to the end of the Good Place and sad a little bit that this thing that we built here on into the Time Knife over the last year doesn't get to live on with a hundred episodes of the Good Place.
1: You know, maybe the real good place was the friend the pod we made, we along, made the along the way. The way?
0: If you like what we do here, if you have a fun time talking about TV with us every week, consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash podcast. The Basement is a lot of fun. It's a rewatch podcast of that 70s show, but it's not as intensely line-to-line as these. It's really Stephen and I uh, having a circle session mm-hmm. and then waxing nostalgic about a show that we loved as a kid that sometimes doesn't hold up the way that we thought it did as a kid. That's been a lot of fun. I hope you join us there along we with You Can't show which is a very fun little morning talk show that we do before we record the podcast. And it really came out of the idea that Steven and I would always talk about something for like mm-hmm. 30 minutes before hitting record. So that's what that show is now. And yep. then we still end up talking for like 30 minutes after <laughs> that before we record so check that out and get your early access of this show listen to us talk about help as other people already over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast Steven go
1: there or I where else walk. can the people find us if you really want to you know for ride an hour hours. yeah if you want to uh, hunt our big dogs. Make sure you go mm-hmm. follow us over on Twitter and Instagram. Graham. It's absolutely free. Follow us over at Time Knife Pod or come check out the video companion of this podcast. Woo, I might have just flashed check out my Tutos cool shirt. I'll give you over a full on view. Yeah, Zach's shirt's are really cool. Punk. I've got a do rag on. My hair's short now. You'll see it next week, maybe. That's has got tease. on a shirt. You know, see what's going Thankfully. on in our woods. If any For special once, visitors, we've got, got a on gooby and a Bart over there. Uh huh. Like come check us out on YouTube. Search so the name of the show. We've got lots of fun stuff there, including like random celebrity interviews that we've done in the past. Uh, we need to as get well on that. We need to send some a emails lot of our... and do some yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do. Let's see what uh what old Kristen Bell's up to. Yeah. She's trying Ted to. Ted
0: Danson's not busy, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, he's sitting around. So uh yeah, come check that out. YouTube comment. That's the best way to interact with us. One of the ways.
0: Even as we've proven with other podcasts that we can have a conversation with some bigger names. I think out of respect and embarrassment, I don't know if I would even send a message to Ted Danson's people. I don't... I have a lot <laughs> you of don't respect. Trust yourself. For, I have a lot of respect for that guy. I think we're way too silly to have mm-hmm. like a television legend like Ted Danson come on. It'd be like if we had Dick Van Dyke on and started talking to him about yeah. Baldos. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're working Baldos. Like, that really set things off for you, right? I have a riff. I'd like to uh, take us out of the podcast this week, if it's okay with you.
0: Sure, riff away. From inside. Chip drivers, 1968 Cadillac. Black lives matter. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. And we love you very much. We'll see you next week. I'm gonna play "Highway to the Danger Zone" as we as we as end the podcast. You're not gonna play
1: "Bad to the Bone."